Welcome to Ring the Bell with the Masters of Marketocracy. Tonight, we're going one-on-one -on -one with Glenn Brownworth. And uh, we've got some uh, interesting questions to see what's uh, how Glenn's feeling about things in the market right now. Uh, we'll open up talking about inflation. Uh, Glenn, do you think we're on a path to easy inflation? Or do you think uh, it's going to continue to get worse? What are you feeling? How are you feeling about inflation? Well, you know, it's it's... The Federal Reserve can really only do or respond. I mean, it's only a it, it can only respond to how it is and hopefully do something preemptive, but it's never perfect. So it's really a catch twenty two for them. I think inflation's down. It's it's below nine percent. It's down to in the five to six percent range, I believe. You know, I do believe they're going to bump it a quarter point because I think. I think that would be safer for them to do it now than to than to than to uh, pause for one quarter or one period and then go do it again. You know, I think that would actually make things a little bit more sketchy. Like, oh, they had to do it again after they paused. I think they're probably going to do it one more quarter point. But inflation, knock wood, is on its way down. And compared to the Middle East or other countries like Turkey, where it's over 100 percent, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, yeah, I think it's in the right direction. Interesting. Um, in, inflation, I, I agree, is in the right direction. I think we've had, uh, we talked about this last month too, I think we've had 11 straight quarters that we've seen a decline. Um, however, I think that they will probably pause in June. Um, however, we do have one more CPI report coming out before they make that decision. So that could make a big difference. But if I had to say right now, I would say they're going to pause and then wait on more data for July. So I don't know what will happen in July, um, but we will see, I think. And, and we're right where the market is because it's like a 50-50 probability right now whether they're going to pause or whether they're going to raise. And here you are. We have two. One of us thinks they're going to raise. One of us thinks they're going to pause. Right. So get your get it, your quarter out and flip it. Yeah. <laughs> Based on the above and, and what's happening in the market, where do you think the market's going to do this the rest of the summer? Mm. Actually, I was thinking it was going to be kind of trading sideways, but things are kind of going okay. But I think once 4th of July comes around, I think it's the summer doldrums. It'll trade sideways and then it's back to school. I kind of kind of think in the early early September when everybody goes back to school, the guys are coming back from the Hamptons to Wall Street and they just start trading a lot more. So, you know, July and August, barring any kind of major incidents in the world, things are kind of I tend slow, to think again, you know? because I think that the Fed is going to pause. I think we could see a rally um, after that announcement um, it could could give us a good good month in June, right up to the end of June. Then, of course, the question will be become what's the Fed going to do in July? So a lot of it is going to be data dependent. But if they do pause in June um, and if they pause in July, we could see a great summer here. Um, I think there's that possibility. Nobody is really expecting uh, a great summer. We're at levels where everybody feels like we're probably a little bit overbought. We're at that 4,300 level on the S&P. Uh, this week has been pretty good the last three days. Uh, we, we had a little pullback yesterday, but today I, finish, I think we finished positive all the way across the board. And uh, 
I think we can we could surprise. Uh, we, the VIX is at uh, its lowest level in quite a long time at about 13. Um, I, I think it could just be a, a melt up over the summer here. Mm. Um, it, it definitely depends on the pause. Actually, I heard uh, heard some talk today that everybody's on one side, still thinking uh, you know recession and worried about it, and there's so much cash on the sidelines, but. Uh, I, I'm tending to think we can melt up over the summer here. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens in, in June here. Um, a lot of things affecting it. You know, and the next thing we wanted to talk about is certainly something that could affect it too, China. How are you feeling about China? Now, the big announcement today was China has made an agreement with Cuba to set up some spy satellites in uh, in Cuba. Um. Wow. I watch a lot of YouTube videos about some of this stuff. I think after what's gone on in, in Ukraine, again, with Russia, China seeing that they can't, that as much as they'd want to invade Taiwan, that it would be really, really difficult, but they still have to rat, rat, you know, rattle the saber to keep everybody at bay. Uh, I don't know. I think they're messing around in Cuba. Eh, we, we have, we've, we've dealt with that kind of situation before with the Russians. You know, um, my two concerns, I guess, would be Apple and Tesla. They both have, well, Apple uses Foxconn in China and Tesla has a giant factory in China. So how do the, how do the technology bans affect those two companies when their entire thing is building technology in China? You need chips to, you know, you need chips to build the, the you know, put, put into the Teslas and you need the technology to build the smartphones at a Foxconn factory where everybody ran away from. So like that is a gray area for those two companies. They could potentially be exposed to a lot of uh, financial harm. <laughs> no, no question. And of course, Apple is trying to expand its uh, supply chains uh, more into India, but it's a small part of it right now. Uh, but uh, and, and, and I agree with you about China for the largest part that I don't think they're going to make any kind of crazy moves. They're not going to invade Taiwan. That's certainly the concern, uh, but I don't see them doing it. But then again, I didn't see Russia really invading in Ukraine either. Yeah. <laughs> Who could have thought in this day and age that we were going to have this type of war this these past two years? Yeah. So, but I still tend to believe that China is not going to do that. Uh, God, I hope so that they don't, because yeah. yeah. uh, that will be terrible. But uh, you brought up another interesting point about Apple. That was the uh, next question on my list. Uh, they had a big uh, developers conference this week and announced their new $3,500 headset. Um, how do you think uh, that affects Apple, Apple going forward? Uh, how, are, how are you playing Apple? We're, we kind of closed today at about 180.57, um, up uh, a couple dollars, 275 today, uh, after it pulled back a little bit yesterday after that uh, developers conference. Um, so it's kind of flat as to where it was just before the developers conference because it had gotten right around this level too. Yeah. Um, what, what do you what do you think about the headsets and the future of Apple and where it's at right now? Well, when it comes to VR, the headset is probably it's actually mid range compared to other headsets. There's another company called Vario. They make one that's about six or seven thousand dollars for industrial purposes, but Knowing how people love Apple, they're going to sell every single one of these, even if it's $3,500. Uh, it's going to have growing pains, like people are getting red marks in their forehead, right? 
you know, someday, maybe 10 years in the future, when you have a pair of VR goggles that are like your glasses, that's when it'll be big, right? It'll, it'll be comfortable on your face. But, you know, right now we're in the, uh, we're in the Microsoft brick version of like VR goggles. You know, it really is like that, but it'll get smaller and smaller and more precise. Like there, there's a, are you familiar with NITS ratings? NITS are like uh, the brightness ratings for displays. And uh, so the, the meta Oculus has 500 NITS. So that's equivalent to like having 500 candles in front of your eyes. The Apple is 5,000 NITS. So it's like having like, you know, having two light bulbs right in your eyeballs. So how, how long you can do that for and have these on your face at that weight and, you know, make it worthwhile. A lot of people have bought headsets, you know, there were t- almost 12 million sold in like a quarter back in 2021 because everybody's locked down. So there is demand for it. And Apple, I mean, they're the one, they're going to come out with something that, you know, is, you know, it's Apple. You know, <laughs> so so I hear you saying you just see Apple continuing to to go higher and just yeah. hold Apple. Yeah, I mean it's been kind of stalled in the 170s for like the last month or two. You know, it had a pretty nice run and then it's kind of flattened out. But waiting for this headset news, I think. Yeah. Um, I tend to agree with you that Apple. I I don't know that the headset's going to make a big difference either way right now in the near yeah. future. But I just have this gut feeling that Apple is going to cross 200 in in the short uh, mm. in a short time frame. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I wish I jumped back into it uh, when it was still hovering under 150, but uh, coulda, woulda, um, shoulda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do have a little, and I, I'm thinking about buying more because I do think it's going to go above 200. Yeah. So I'm with you. You know, just today, DocuSign reported, and uh, after hours. They had a beat um, from their expectations. Um, they the, the stock popped like 14%, but after the CEO and CFO made their comments, it uh, it pulled back to uh, still up, but only about 5%. Um, DocuSign is one of the you know COVID beneficiaries that was flying up above $250 um, in 2021, pulled all the way back down to uh, in the... Uh, $50 range and uh, today after hours it was trading at about 61 and a quarter. So what what do you think about DocuSign? What do you think the future is? What do you think is the right price for DocuSign? I think they might have had their, their time in the sun because they've been around for a long time. Uh, when I was working at Merrill back in the late 90s, they were using DocuSign and they went through the whole web a, you know, web explosion and implosion, and they're still around. And I think they just happen to benefit from the COVID boom. It's weird. It's like Spotify or Twilio or Square or Zoom. Zoom went to what, four or 500? And like it came all the way back, but it took a year and a half, you know? And I'm sure people bought in at four or 500 thinking, yeah, it's Zoom. Everybody's going to use it, you know? But right. Somebody had to buy. If it was selling at those prices, somebody was buying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, I'm mixed about DocuSign uh, because I can see it bouncing back a little bit uh, from you know over 250 all the way down to uh, 50 in the 50s. Actually, I think it, it went as low as 30 something. Um, 57. Yeah, it was just recently 57, but uh, but it's questionable whether it's a commodity because of competition. It's still a great piece of software, so. 
I think the question is, does it become a commodity? I was doing some math on it, and based on the estimated earnings for the next year, it's trading at about 20 times. And, you know, I think that's probably a fair valuation um, because DocuSign has one function, signing documents. And yeah. it could become commoditized because I don't know that they can prevent others from, and there are others that have document signing services yeah. like Adobe. So um, I don't think I would jump into it right here. Um, I think it could go back lower. Uh, the the CEO uh, talked about uh, the part of the reason it fell after the comments was he talked about the, the moderating pipeline. The CFO expanded on his comments and talked about smaller deals and lower expansion rates. Um, so, yeah, I'm not too crazy about DocuSign right here either. They could actually be a buyout candidate from another company, maybe a Microsoft or an Adobe or somebody or a Google. Do you just... You could get them for a song now versus 250 bucks and, you know. That's you, a possibility, but, you know, how much do you want to pay for them? Because yeah. they, they could also just create a, 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 a software app. that does the same thing. Yeah. Um, so. DocuSign is good. I mean, I've used Adobe and I've used DocuSign. It's good. They're, uh, it's the, you know, it's like the fluidity of the, the process where you, you connect in. Uh, if, like if you use a tablet or something, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Because you want to be able to use a pen, you can actually write with your own signature on it. But as long as you can do the signature easy and it's and it's authorized, and but it's still amazing in this day and age how many people actually still require faxes. You know, it's yeah. really amazing. It's like who yeah. has that? I have to use a piece of software to use a fax. It, it is amazing. You know. Well, Glenn, a uh, lot of great information, great discussion. How about a final thought? Uh, before we close out this uh, section of uh, Ring the Bell with the Masters of Marketocracy. Any final thoughts for anybody listening out there, our listeners out there? Uh, well, I know our, our 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 friend John wasn't on this week, but he would probably say we're, all, we're always near a recession. And I kind of feel that 2022 was the recession, you know, and I think we're kind of gradually coming out of it, not good. You know, and, you know, what's going to happen in Europe is going to determine a lot of the rest of the year. But I think once the end of the summer comes along and the fall comes along and the counteroffensive is off to the running, and I think the fall will actually start to see some of that melt up that you're talking about a lot more. You know, people will be more cautious in the summer. It'll start to move. And then once, you know, back to school season starts, I think that's when it'll start to move in, at least towards Thanksgiving. Yeah. I, I tend to agree that uh, the, the the recession was was pulled ahead as far as the market goes, and I think, like I said before, I think we can continue melting up, surprise a lot of people, and then people are going to be behind and they're going to have to jump into the market, and we could see a nice run here. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly uh, hope it works out to be that way. Um, any any final uh, picks you would be making today? Ah, uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda, NVIDIA. <laughs> um, Would you jump in right here? That's the thing. I mean, it, this is a philosophical thing about, you know, companies when they're rising that high. And we just talked about Zoom at four or 500. And you're like, are they really going to go that high? But we're there, maybe they're on their little spike. But then again, what they make is a lot different from something that's, e it's not easy to build intellectual property like GPUs. That's one thing. You know, but right now I think it is kind of expensive. I think there'll be a little bit of a pullback and it'll probably be after the 4th of July or maybe in the next couple of weeks. 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of profit there from last October. So I think that'll pull back. But then I think it's off to the races again. Um, well, yeah. I uh, think NVIDIA is a great company, but if uh, I was putting new money to work today, I think I would rather go with a Boeing um, yeah. that I think still has a lot of upside. It's it's after some bad news this week, it's it's came out pretty strong and resilient. Um, and I think it still has quite a bit of upside. There's a big pipeline uh, backup of planes. Um, travel is still big. And uh, I think that there's a lot of room to run in Boeing still. Yeah. So that would be my final thought. It'll be kind of a, the paradox is that during COVID, all the airlines started breaking up all their old airplanes and getting putting them out the pasture. And now they're gonna start buying stuff, the newer stuff, at least as, as long as they can keep it in the air. They have software issues, right? And well, it's either Boeing or Airbus. There aren't too many other competitors in the world if you want an airplane. And the, right. you know, the, the funny thing is that a lot of countries, a lot of airlines would still like to buy a 747 if it wasn't such a gasoline, it wasn't such a gas hog. They still, every airline loved the 747. It was just beyond anything else they had, you know? Right. But if they right. make it energy efficient, they're like, we'll buy it again, right? They need, yeah. they need to have that again, yeah. Well, I want to uh, thank you, Glenn, and thank everybody for listening to tonight's edition of Ring the Bell with the Masters of Marketocracy and remind you that uh, we, we are democratizing investing for all with low fees, low minimums, and portfolio managers that have good track records. Visit uh, marketocracymasters.com to learn more, and uh, you can view some of the records there. Thank you, everybody.